0: Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. It's eleven minutes before seven o'clock, and I'm Daryl Rakoff with Raven News. Last month Sitka's Planning Commission denied youth advocates of Sitka a permit to build a facility for teens experiencing homelessness and trafficking. Tonight, the local nonprofit will appeal that decision before the Sitka Assembly. Last year, the Youth Advocacy Group, also known as YAS, received $2 million in federal grant funding for the project through Senator Lisa Murkowski's office. Since then, the organization has twice applied for a permit to turn a residential property into the facility which would serve young people from Sitka and throughout the state. In January, the group tried to secure a duplex on Dodge Circle but saw pushback from neighbors, and the Planning Commission unanimously denied their application. In April, it tried again, this time for a waterfront duplex on State Highway, Halibut Point Road. The commission denied their application on a split vote. In its appeal, YAS challenges the Planning Commission's decision and stresses how their project lines up with the goals of the city's comprehensive plan. They also argue that the decision to deny the permit is a violation of the Federal Fair Housing Act, which protects people from discrimination when renting or buying a home. Tonight it's the Assembly's responsibility to decide whether the Planning Commission in denying the permit made a sound decision under the city's zoning code. The Assembly first plans to hear the appeal as as well as a presentation from city staff and public testimony. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight at Harrigan Centennial Hall. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Fourteen people are safe after an excursion vessel caught fire in Silver Bay over the weekend. Shortly after 10.30 a.m. on Sunday, the captain of the 56-foot Yukon Queen contacted the Coast Guard to report a fire in the engine room. The boat had been traveling from the Gary Paxton Industrial Park toward the head of Silver Bay near Bear Cove. Here's what Coast Guard Petty Officer Ian Gray. We had a
1: helicopter on scene hovering over, just monitoring the situation. There were a couple of Good Samaritan boats out there as well that were assisting with getting the people off board the vessel that was on fire.
0: According to a release from the Sitka Fire Department, those Good Samaritan vessels were work skiffs from the nearby Medovici Hatchery, They helped the ten passengers evacuate the vessel, ferrying them back to the hatchery dock. The crew members remained on board and fought the fire with extinguishers, closing off the engine room to isolate the fire. They managed to snuff out the blaze before emergency crews arrived, and once firefighters arrived and ensured the fuel and power on the boat was secured, they stayed on board to monitor for any sign of rekindling. The Yukon Queen was towed to the nearby industrial park dock where emergency responders continued to investigate the scene. One crew member was treated and released for possible smoke inhalation. No other injuries were reported. The cause of the fire remains under investigation. The Yukon Queen is owned by local tour company Adventure Sitka. The fire damage is estimated at around $500,000. A Coast Guard helicopter crew from Air Station Sitka rescued two teenage hikers from Mount Rostovia Saturday afternoon. The teens, aged 14 and 15, called 911 shortly before 4.30 p.m. after they found themselves lost off the trail. They were at around 1,900 feet in elevation. Sitka Mountain Rescue then called for Coast Guard assistance. Petty Officer Ian Gray says two things made the rescue pretty straightforward. The first, the hikers had their cell phones on them, and that helped the crew locate them quickly
1: they got off the trail. Um, they realized that they were in trouble and distress, that they couldn't find their way back to the trail, and they, they did a great job by calling 911 and, and uh, letting them know exactly what was going on.
0: The second thing that helps simplify the rescue mission, clear skies, which is often not the case in southeast Alaska.
1: A lot of times, you know, the weather's not great for, for cases that we go out in. This was different in that we could see them immediately and, uh, you know, hover in place and and safely rescue the two teenagers.
0: It took the Coast Guard crew around twenty five minutes to locate the lost hikers and bring them back to safety and awaiting family members at the air station, no injuries were reported. A new federal grant program may, has made a total of fifty million dollars available to tribes to support harvesting, processing, and packaging indigenous meats like salmon, moose, and caribou in Alaska. As KDLG's Izzy Ross reports, tribes across the country can now apply for the funding.
2: The federal government has spent the past two years working with tribes to find ways to help support indigenous food-gathering traditions. Julia Anelica with the U.S. Department of Agriculture says the culmination of that process was the Indigenous Animals Harvesting and Meat Processing Grant.
3: It was really out of this consultation, especially as we were moving out of the pandemic and seeing the worries that a lot of tribes have uh, for food security and food sovereignty that informed this
2: program. The grant is part of the USDA's Indigenous Food Sovereignty Initiative, which began in 2021. It works with organizations that serve tribes to get indigenous perspectives on how to improve federal food programs. The grant doesn't set limits on the amount of money tribes can apply for, but there are a few restrictions. Projects must include indigenous animals and meat processing activities and cannot be used to buy land, meat or animals. Still, Anelica says the program is designed with tribal governments in mind.
3: There is just so much flexibility within this money. It can be something from like a four-wheeler to move animals to an entire distribution center. Uh, it really, really depends on what the tribe's needs are and the way that they created this program is to have as much flexibility within that as possible.
2: The program doesn't award grants based on geographic location or population. But Anelika says the USDA may prioritize projects that focus on certain goals, like strengthening tribal food access or using indigenous-informed design principles, rather than projects that focus on financial gain. Grants are available for tribes across the country. Anelika says there is a good chance tribal nations in Alaska could tap into a large portion of what's available.
3: I do know that they are really looking for networks that can reach across the nation, but also across tribes as well. So there is an opportunity with these monies for tribal governments to band together and to
2: submit co-applications. Tribes can receive technical assistance, which Anelica says can help them decide if they would like to submit a joint application across a region. The deadline falls in mid-July, already a busy time in Alaska with summer fishing and harvesting. It's unfortunate that the window falls during this
3: time frame from now until July 19th, but this could be the only
2: time. So I really, really encourage everybody who can apply for this to do so. Anelica encourages anyone interested in applying to reach out with questions. More information on the grant can be found at the USDA's website. In Dillingham, I'm Izzy Ross.
0: Information about technical assistance for the grant can be found by searching for USDA.gov IAG and scrolling to the bottom of the page. Ketchikan could soon allow double the number of marijuana stores to set up shop in that town. A recent decision by the city council took the community one step closer to more retailers in an effort to support a local grant program. KRBD's Reagan Miller reports.
4: Marijuana Sales Fund Ketchikan's Humanitarian Grant Program. At a recent meeting, the City Council took another step toward allowing two more marijuana shops in the city. Some members hope that will increase sales tax revenue to fund the grant program. Council member Riley Gass introduced the motion. He said he wasn't sure how much it would actually help, but thought it was important to explore the
2: option.
3: If one or two more people want to open up shops and invest their time and money in it. I think it's uh, it's a good idea for us to step out of the way and see what happens.
4: City staff projected that sales tax revenue from marijuana would add up to about $330,000 in fiscal year 2023. But a memo from Ketchikan city manager said they expect this year's revenue to fall short of the amount needed to fund the program at the same level as last year. Member Jack Finnegan voted no. He said he wasn't against the idea, but thought it was missing the root of the problem.
0: I mean, even if we open up the possibility for two new retailers to open, it's not going to happen next week. It's not going to generate that tax revenue right away, even if the market were to expand.
4: With five members voting for it and two against it, an amendment to the code will be brought to the council at the next meeting. Also during Thursday's meeting, the council discussed the city's dock vendor program. Tour businesses can bid on one of six booths to promote and sell their products on Ketchikan's ship docks, but the council has been looking at changes. The council passed a motion to allow a seventh booth on the cruise ship berths. Council member Abby Bradbury introduced it. She wants that booth to be reserved for youth groups.
1: I um, would hope you know every weekend or week you know you could designate it to a youth group or they could sign up for it and. Um, just allow them to be present and to, to fundraise.
4: The amendment passed unanimously. The council also failed to pass a $10,000 minimum bid on all other vendor booths. Member Gass said that some in the community were concerned that under that minimum $10,000 bid, small operations wouldn't be able to compete with bigger ones.
3: And I just worry that this might uh, exacerbate that problem.
4: The council will meet again on May 18th.
0: And that is Raven News for this hour. It is one minute after 7 o'clock. You're listening to KCAW Sitka. And we can, let's see, take a look outside and say it's 40 degrees here on the waterfront in Sitka. I hope you're having a good morning. There's two ships in town today. The Nordam is here and the Brilliance of the Seas is here. 4,324 folks could fit on both of those ships or the ships together, so that's just something to keep in mind.